Hi friends, Brad here, the lead pastor of a church called The Table, and we are so glad that you've taken time out of your busy week to be with us. One of the things we love about The Table is we do things just a bit different, meaning over the course of this message that you're about to hear, you're gonna hear questions that we pose to our people in real time, and we're gonna give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. And so we hope this message moves you forward in your faith If you're interested in learning more about The Table or you want to contribute to our mission, head on over to thetablejoliet.org. How about that? Short and sweet and to the point, (laughs) which is not what I'm going to be. Sorry, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jeannie. I'm one of the pastors here at The Table, and I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I just want to... Well, we're just going to jump right in this morning because otherwise we just, you know, I want to get to the baptisms. That's fun. But before we do that, we're going to jump right into everyone's favorite subject, especially at church. Okay? So, do you ever or have you ever looked at your bank account and wondered what happened to all the money that was supposed to be in it? Or have you ever experienced that horrifying moment when you are standing at the checkout and there's this whole line of people behind you and you swipe your card or you stick your card in and the cashier and you wait, you know, and then the cashier looks at you and says, I'm sorry, your card's been declined. And everybody in the line behind you heard it. Have you stopped to think that um, we seem to have in our culture a problem with out of sight, out of mind? And this um, translates, have you ever stopped to consider that maybe it's not a money issue, but it's a management issue? Have you ever stopped to consider the importance and the significance of those little everyday transactions and how they build up and make a difference? So we want to, at the table, our mission is to guide you into a forward-moving relationship with Jesus, and we would be failing in our mission if we didn't talk to you about money. Because believe it or not, Jesus actually talked about money more than he talked about almost anything else. And so we want to guide you and move you forward in your relationship with Jesus when it comes to your money. Because that's important. So before we really jump in though, I know you all like to have a road map to kind of know where we're going. And it helps me too because I'm really discombobulated this week. So, we're going to talk about Luke, then we're going to talk about my favorite game, Shopping Cart Jenga. Then, Disconnected, Question, Slavery, Friendship, and finally, Challenge. So, let's just dive right in. I want to um, talk to you, the, the words that we're going to read today were written by a guy named Luke, and what's so great about Luke 
is that he was not originally part of Jesus' inside crowd. He wasn't part of the inner circle. He was a Gentile. He was just like you and me. He was a Gentile. He was not part of the inner circle of Jesus' followers. But he heard the stories that were going around all over the Roman Empire about what Jesus had done. And so Luke decided that he was going to investigate these stories and find out if there was any truth to them. And what ended up happening, see the great thing is Luke was a doctor, and so he was, he was scientific and he was methodical. And so he went and he researched and he interviewed all kinds of people and he checked out all of these stories. And what ended up happening is that Luke became a part of Jesus' inner circle in that he became a follower of Jesus after he researched and heard all these stories. And even better, he then wrote them down so that everyone would be able to know that what had happened was true, that he researched it and he checked it out and what, he, what the stories were true. So this passage comes at a really weird spot in Luke. It's right after Jesus tells this story that you think is about money, but it's not actually about money. But then Jesus goes on and he talks about money. And he says this, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Will you pray with me this morning as we begin? Heavenly Father, I thank you for being here with us today. I thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, and your compassion. I pray that you would take these words, that you would fill them, that you would use them, and that you would help us all to move forward in our relationship with you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wanted to start out today by telling you a little secret, although it's not really a secret if you follow me on social media or if you're my friend on Facebook. Um, I happen to love a certain store, okay? And um, yeah, there, it's, you know, it's a really big secret which store it is. Um, you'll never figure it out. And so um, back in the day, which I'm talking like March or before March, I used to be, you know, one of those moms who would drop my child off at school and then I would get in my, I, I even have a minivan, you know, I'd take my minivan and I'd drive to the store because I needed to pick up a few things, right? And I'd put, I'd put the baby in the lovely red shopping, shopping cart in his carrier and I'd meander calmly and nicely throughout the store enjoying the, you know, relative peace and quiet and um, I'd start, you know, gathering the things that were on my list. Now, some of you know how this goes, right? Invariably, as you're wandering through the store, 
you discover things that you need, right? You need them, but they weren't on your list. So I would see something that, ooh, I need that, or, oh, one of my kids needs that, or, you know, there was an adorable outfit for the baby, and of course, he needs to have all the adorable clothes that there are out there just to amplify his cuteness. And so, you know, I would walk by and I'd see things that I need, you know, and I would put them in the cart along with the things that were actually on my list. And, you know, I'd kind of keep a running tally in my head, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't being like super accurate. I would be like, eh, I've got about, you know, this much in there. So finally, we'd get to the point where I could no longer play shopping cart Jenga anymore. There is a baby in there somewhere. Um, and by this point, usually the baby was done, shockingly. And so, you know, I'd head up to the front of the store to check out, okay? And I'd put all of my things, you know, on the conveyor belt, and the cashier would start to scan them, and it's, it's the moment of truth, right? Because then she gives you the total or she gives me the total, and the total is way more than what I was calculating in my head that I was spending. But I needed all of those things. So I would just kind of and pull out my handy-dandy red card and swipe it and load the bags in my cart and go on my merry way. And See, what's even funnier is now, more recently, I buy everything, you know, online. I don't go to the stores anymore. A lot of us don't. But we can still buy everything online, and it doesn't matter if it's Amazon or Target or any number of retailers. It's so easy to just push that magic button, and those things are there on your doorstep, like the next day or the day after. It's like magic. And... Okay, I know, in fact, I'm sure that I am not the only one who has done this or does this, right? You know how I know this? Because <laughs> we have a cash shortage in this country right now because everyone has started to use plastic all the time. And so there's a shortage of cash because we're all using cards. And where it, where it goes deeper, I think that our current situation just really magnifies a problem that was already going on, and it's just come bubbling to the surface now, and that is we have become disconnected to our money. We have conditioned ourselves to no longer think before we spend. We see something, we want it, we need it, and so we either push the button or we hand over our card and we get it. I mean, does anyone else have this problem, right? It's, it's about a month before Christmas and people are starting to ask for your Christmas list, right? Every year, my in-laws and my parents ask me what I want for Christmas. And you know what? I have to rack my brain because I have everything that I want because if I see something, I buy it. 
There's no more, there is, right? I know, I know that I am not the only one that does this. Thank you, thank you. Okay. And there, you know, we have, we have lost the ability to have delayed gratification. If we see something, we want it, we get it. Instead of, you know what happens at this time of year when my child comes up and asks me for something? I'll say, your birthday is coming, or Christmas is coming, just wait. But do I do that to myself? No. <laughs> I'm like, I need this now, I must buy it. And we become disconnected from our money. And really, this is a symptom of a much deeper issue that Jesus outlines for us here. He says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? So can I tell you a secret today? If you are a follower of Jesus, you have a trust fund. None of you look like you believe me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The band believes me. They're with me. Okay. You have a trust fund. Okay, so it's not like the trust fund that we think of, you know, we're not all trust fund ba babies driving around in our fancy sports cars and stuff like that. But whether you keep your money in the bank or under your mattress or in a bank in Switzerland, God has entrusted that money to you. Not only has he entrusted you with the money that he has, but he asks that you be a wise and faithful manager of that money. The deeper issue is faithfulness. No matter how much money you have, God expects you to be a faithful manager of that money. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, your money isn't your money. It's God's money. God has given it to you to use. And that means to be faithful in the little things means to manage our money with the kingdom of God in mind. See, God has not given us our money so that we can look better and have all the nice and fancy things. He's given it to us so that we can serve other people in the church and so that we can serve our local community. So at the table, we like to talk during the talk. And so I want to give you an opportunity to kind of think and, and talk about with each other some of these issues. Um, if you're an introvert, don't worry. You don't have to talk. You can text somebody. You can just take notes however you want to do it. Um, but here's the question I want you to consider today. What does it look like for you to be faithful with the kingdom of God in mind? Take a few minutes and discuss that together.
At this point, so then, you may be saying to yourself, what's the big deal, really? What does it matter if I'm disconnected from my money? It's my money. Who cares? Well, here's the thing. If you are disconnected from your money, then you are enslaved to your money. And as I've already said, our mission at the table is to guide you into a forward-moving relationship with Jesus. And you cannot move forward in your relationship with Jesus if you are enslaved to your money. It just can't happen. In fact, Jesus himself says, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So Jesus makes it pretty plain here. We can either serve God or we can be in slavery to our money. There's nothing in the middle. And what's the thing? So it sounds weird because you're thinking, wait a minute. So either... I'm in slavery and I'm in control of my money or I give up control of my money to to God, this all-powerful being out there. How is that any better? That just makes me more out of control. But reality is when you are disconnected and enslaved to your money, you are out of control. You have no control over your money when you are enslaved to it. It has control of you. And so you may wonder then, but if I'm just going to give up being a slave to money, doesn't that just mean that then I'm just going to, you know, turn, end up being a slave to God? And how is that any better? Well, let me tell you, here is the great thing about God. If you are a follower of Jesus, God considers you his beloved child. And Jesus considers you his friend. He even said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So this is the amazing thing about God. God doesn't want slaves who do who just do his bidding. God wants partners in his kingdom. Have you noticed that when you're an employee, that doesn't mean that your boss is automatically going to bring you into their office and share all of the company secrets with you? Yes, see, you all chuckle because you know this is true. They're the boss, and you're the employee. Even if you've been working for a company for, for years and years, that doesn't mean that your boss, in fact, your boss is probably not your friend. Your boss is your boss. If you're an employee or a servant of that company. The only thing that they need to tell you is enough information for you to do your job well. 
They don't need to tell you anything else. But Jesus doesn't desire that kind of relationship with us. Jesus wants friends whose money is available to be used for his business. That's the kind of relationship that Jesus wants with us. And not only that, but he has given us the tools. He's already shared all the information from his family business with us, and he wants us to join him in the family business. So what is God's business? I love this. God is in the business of changing lives. That's God's business. And I don't know about you, but that is a business that I want to be a part of. I want to be in partnership with God, changing lives. Because that's what it's all about. So you're asking, okay, so bottom line it for me. Give it to me. Okay, here's what I want you to know today. Serving God and being faithful with your money requires giving. And you're like, wait a minute. Have you not just spent this entire time telling us that we need to manage our money, we need to be careful with our money, and now you're telling me that we need to give our money away? Yep, that's what I'm saying. Because giving aligns our hearts with God's heart and his mission for the kingdom, for our church, for our community, and for the world. Let's face it, we are part of a world that runs on money, and the church needs your money in order to function. We cannot do what we do at the table without the faithful giving of the members of our congregation and our members. We are totally supported by you. And for the mission of the church, and when I'm saying the church now, I'm talking about the church across the world. For the mission of the church to continue, the members of the church have to give. That's the only way that it gets accomplished. Now, if you are worried about still having enough to pay your bills and to buy food after you give, I want you to know something today. I want you to know that God blesses and honors those who give to the mission of his church. In fact, he even says it here. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. Now, I want to make a point here, and I want to make sure that I say this. This is not a prosperity gospel. I am not saying that if you start giving or if you increase your giving, that all of a sudden 
tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to have more money than you know what to do with. And you're not necessarily going to be able tomorrow to go out and buy that fancy schmancy new car that you've had your eye on for a long time. But I will tell you this, that God pours out his blessings in many ways. And God will always, always give you what you need when you need it. Always. God honors and blesses those who give to the mission of his kingdom. So, here's our challenge for you today. Here's what I want you to do. Are you ready? It's going to be a total shocker. Give. Now, we all have growth that we can make in this area. I want all of us to move forward in our giving this week. So, if you are someone who has never given before, I want this to be the week that you give for the first time. If you're someone that's given once or twice, I want this to be the week where you decide to become a regular giver. Now, being a regular giver may mean giving once a week. It may mean giving once every two weeks. It may mean giving once a month. But whatever it is, I want you to take that step and become a regular giver. If you're already a regular giver, guess what? There's another step you can take. And that is to become someone who tithes. A tithe is 10% of your income. And that's what God asks us to give to support our local church and our local body. And then, guess what? There's more. If you are already a tither, I want to challenge you to move beyond your tithe and to become someone who gives extravagantly. And somebody, an extravagant giver, is somebody who gives over and above their tithe regularly. And remember, God said, test me in this. Go ahead. Test God and see if he will not bless you and move you forward. First of all, move you forward in your relationship with him, which is what it's all about. But then you have a chance because of your giving to see lives transformed and changed by the power and the spirit of Jesus. And it, let me just say to you today, if you are in any of those categories that I just mentioned, thank you so, so much for the way that you have given to support the vision and the mission of the table. I'm excited to think about those 38 families who are going to have more th for Thanksgiving than they thought. What an abundant blessing we are able to be to our community because you gave. So thank you. Thank you for your gifts and your faithful giving. Please don't give up. Please keep on going. 
And let me just say to you right now, if you have never um, taken that step in your relationship where you actually feel like you have a relationship with Jesus and he is your friend, you can do that today too. There is no better day to start than today. He is ready and he is waiting with open arms to welcome you into his business and to be a part of his kingdom. Table Tribe, as we end our time together this morning, I want us to remember that the table is for you, but it's also for the people that are here. And so we pray this prayer this morning. Lord, bring somebody across my path who needs to know you. Give me the eyes to see them, the ears to listen to them, the arms to embrace them, and the heart to love them well.